0: Welcome back, everyone. This is Spotlight 19 with your host, Justin Tracy.
1: This is Saja Tracy as well. I'm actually coming to you remotely. There is some background noise.
0: Yeah, and this will be our first full episode featuring a brief rundown of the Faso Sham Hall. His out-of-district Q&A, open to an audience of just 60. We'll be interviewing two constituents who were at the Sham Hall and met with John Faso while he was on recess.
1: Yeah, so Faso was on recess for two weeks through the Easter and Passover holidays. And this is the time for Congress to meet with their constituents and really dig deep into what's important to them. Faso did some strange things, in my opinion. He had a radio interview very early in the morning. He had his sham hall. He visited some SUNY schools. He visited a school health clinic a pharmaceutical company that jacked up prices for this infant epilepsy drug. He had two events where he had to pay to get in.
0: Yeah, sounds like he's really paying attention to what his constituents are interested in. So at the start of each episode, we're going to have a call to action. If you're dissatisfied with his handling of his recess, let him know. Call Faso in D.C. The number is 202 225-5614. I know here at Spotlight 19, we're a little perplexed as to what his talk process is.
1: Yeah, the sham hall was towards the end of the first week of recess. It was held up in Troy outside of District 19. We'll have more on that with our interview. But he couldn't even find an in-district location. And I know there are many. He always seems to be griping about the economy. But for me. just seemed like, why not hold your event in the district and give local businesses an opportunity to make some money?
0: Yeah, I know. If it were closer, I would have considered attending the protest. I would have brought my snacks from Stewart's and my art supplies for making signs from Catskill Arts and Office Supplies and not wasted much gas getting where we'd be going, which brings us to the environment. Now, Faso definitely spun a web on this during the Q&A.
1: He was touting his involvement in the Bipartisan Climate Caucus. We talked about it a little last week, and he really played up his so-called good votes on the environment that we discussed in the pilot. He talked about how he'd always be for funding of Superfund Mm -hmm. sites. Those are areas where environmental damage has already occurred. One example of that would be Hoosick Falls, which is in District 19. Yet, Faso didn't seem to offer much in the way of how he'd prevent those disasters from happening in the first place. Yeah, and I
0: saw on his website that he put a fantastic aerial view of the Catskills in, probably to appear as though he really values the environment, whereas some of his votes, and I'm really stuck on this coal mining waste and stream thing, I'll never get over that. His votes simply don't reflect that. He hasn't stood up to Pruitt or Trump on any of that, and... He has this opportunity to demonstrate some courage.
1: Sure. He wasn't really able to offer much at the sham hall, where courage would have really helped restore faith in Faso on healthcare. He kept up his spin throughout the sham hall, and he kept touting his bill that changes the funding structure for Medicaid funding in New York State.
0: I really don't get that bill. It's complicated. It makes it seem like he's on our side with health care. Is he? Can you explain it? Because it's over my head for sure.
1: I'll try my best, but I have read the bill and his various positions on it. He did publish an editorial in the Daily Freeman. Basically, I think what he wants to do is remove the requirement that counties in New York, excluding Mm. New York City, contribute toward Medicaid, which is a unique situation for New York State. Other states don't do this. Our state government, including Governor Cuomo, has recognized that this is an undue burden on counties and has been addressing it over the years. In the past, they have reduced the burden on counties, so Medicaid is funded more like 50% federally, and the remainder of the burden is 25% from the state, 25% from the county.
0: That sounds fair. It
1: may sound fair, but other counties across the nation don't even contribute anything to Medicaid. And honestly, the feds could be picking up more of the funding, but that's just not going to happen under Republican control because their only clear platform for budget seems to be no taxes for the rich and all other programs can just be thrown off a Catskill cliff. Anyway, Cuomo's addressing this complex state tax issue through legislation. So honestly, in my opinion, Mm. Faso's bill might end up being redundant. It's not really well researched, in my Mm. opinion. There are no quality data sets it relies on that shows exactly how this will alleviate taxes for the struggling middle class. And the average tax break under it is only to property owners and it's about $350. Mm. I'm sure down the line, it might end up being more for owners with more property who pay more taxes. And those are rich people. That's just the way Republicans work. Fazzo is just using his bill that is a property tax break to get away with his vote for the Republican health plan. and. This is a vote against universal healthcare. It denies access to people. Whether or not New York State will take care of its people, it doesn't matter. Ultimately, his position is that Americans around the country don't deserve universal access.
0: Mm. I noticed how he said during the sham hole that some people think healthcare is a right. You know, that really rubbed me the wrong way. I come from the UK. Healthcare is available to everyone there. And while it's, you know, in a perfect system, they don't need to be having this discussion anymore about whether humans in the 21st century have to think about whether or not to go see a doctor and literally bleeding since it might bankrupt them.
1: Sure. He's using his visits to the school health clinic and to the pharmaceutical company to show that healthcare is on his mind, yet he hasn't in my opinion been able to defend his support for Trump care which unfortunately may be on its way back i really ask the listeners to continue to call him to remind him that he has claimed to be for essential health benefits and against discrimination for people with pre-existing conditions and he claims that he's in favor of planned parenthood funding but in the last version of the Trump care bill, back on that Friday in March, all of those things were being cut out. I know that firsthand from Faso via my phone call to Alex, which is one of his staffers in D.C.
0: Alex is great. I mean, he really takes the abuse from us via phone. And, you know, maybe Faso should have him hold the open town hall.
1: It's a problem when Alex, who I think is quite young, seems to have more mettle than a tried and true politician like Fazzo. Let's move on to the fact that Fazzo stated that he thinks that since Trump won the election, Trump should not have to release his tax returns, which he confirmed during the sham hall when he was asked by someone. I mean, it's truly worth noting some things Fazzo did not do during his recess. He didn't visit even one community of color, he didn't visit a homeless shelter, he didn't visit a domestic violence shelter, a mosque, a synagogue, or anything like that. I understand that those issues to him and in our district might be small, it's fairly racially homogenous, but sending the message that these issues of hate, of the divisive rhetoric that is being spouted out time and time again throughout Faso's own party, and these things are small, it's ultimately harmful, in my opinion.
0: I know. This is this is really personal to us. I know you've called Faso, and I've written to him to at least announce the hate crimes against people perceived as Muslim, to just condemn the administration's racism and misogyny, to at least allow some peace of mind that at least our congressman has our back and our family's fears in mind, even though the administration seems like it doesn't yet he hasn't. He just hasn't. And he has time for photo ops and sheriffs, fundraisers for thousands of dollars a table, yet no time for these issues that have reared their ugly head recently.
1: Yeah, the only time during the sham hall that it kind of even came up at all was with respect to New York 19 farmers' dependence on immigrant labor and Immediately, he pivoted to his moderate position on immigration, which we haven't really seen. He didn't speak out against the wall. He hasn't sp- spoken out against the second Muslim ban. And Fazo kind of immediately pivoted to his moderate position on immigrants and his thoughts on legal immigration. But he hasn't really stood up for that dreamer, who under Obama was allowed to stay. He was brought here as a child and he's since been deported. He just really hasn't shown strength on any of his positions, in my opinion.
0: I frankly don't get what Faso thought this job would be. You know, kissing babies, shaking hands. That isn't his job. His job is to listen and respond to all of his constituents. You know, not just the paying ones. Moving along to our interview section of the show, we're joined by Megan and Brian, our inaugural guests.
2: (laughs) Welcome to Spotlight 19. Thanks so much for having us. Of course.
0: So Megan, tell us, if you will, a little about your commitment to District 19 and how that has evolved since the 2016 election.
2: Well, I mean, I think for a lot of people, the election kind of was a light bulb and I've never really been politically involved before. It was kind of I guess a a wake-up call that maybe some things needed to change and I needed to Mm. get involved. So Brian and I both started kind of researching what opportunities were out there, and we got involved with um, the Indivisible teams and just kind of went from there. You know, we've we've gotten involved with Citizen Action, we've done some work with them, and we've gone to a lot of uh, local events around here and different meetings and protests, I guess, so
0: help and do something Mm -hmm. i think they're outraged at um you know things that donald trump said and how he could get away with that and and then become president right Mm -hmm. and how that trickles down our congressman obviously supports him right so i think a lot of people wonder how they can they they can have an effect or how their voice can be heard and i think that going locally is a good place to start
2: that's probably something i kind of glossed over is, to, is the what Indivisible kind of taught us, because we were, you know, just kind
3: of neophytes as far as yeah, this goes. I, I was I was kind of casting about after the election, trying to figure out, you know, what I could mm-hmm. do. And the first thing that I came across, I think it was an article on Slate, was talking about Bo Willimon, who's the showrunner for House of Cards, put together the Action Group Network, which okay. is very similar to what Indivisible became. Right. And they set up groups in mostly in large cities around the country to start taking action. So I I was looking to get involved with that, but there was nothing going on up here in this area. Mm. And then Indivisible put out their booklet, and I came across that somehow and downloaded that and said, this is really good. This is what Mm -hmm. we need to do.
2: Right. I think, if I remember correctly, I think how we we got involved with Indivisible is we saw that there was going to be a protest outside of our congressman's office in Kingston about uh, the ACA. I think it was. Yeah. And so we decided to go and there were probably, I don't know, maybe like 100, 150 people there. And we started talking with the people there and someone mentioned this Indivisible guide. And so we didn't we really like, okay. So we went home and checked it out and that we read it and it really forces you to be focused on yeah. your local congressional district.
0: Right, it's organized, it's informative mm-hmm. and calls to action. Yeah, which is important because you don't really know what to do. And from one week to the next, there's so many events that are happening that it's it's overwhelming.
1: It can be. And
0: you just feel like, what can I do about this? And
1: it's interesting because the Indivisible Guide, a lot of it is taken from some of the methods that the Tea Party used back in 2010 as they railed against the, the vote on the original ACA. And here we are. And it's kind of interesting how... You know, both sides can use these same strategies to get heard because that's kind of everyone's goal. You want to be able to make your voice heard to your representative in Washington, yeah. Mm.
0: So let's go back to the Sham Hall Q&A event with with John Fazzo. Did you get a chance to ask your questions?
2: I didn't, um, at the town hall itself, I didn't have, we didn't have an opportunity because they were, they were doing it fairly. They were drawing numbers, um, every seat had a number. I didn't get my question addressed. Um, Mm. I was going to address the fact that there were more people outside than inside Mm -hmm. and try to get him to commit to holding an open town hall, open for everyone. And I didn't get my question asked, but I did right at the very end yell it out to him. I saw that. Yeah. (laughs) What did he yell? Um, I said, will you commit to holding more town halls? And Mm -hmm. he sheepishly said, yes. And I said, open for all. And he said, yeah. But very, very, it's very subtle. (laughs) You have to be listening for it. And he said yes. Sheepishly, yes. And
0: then at another juncture, he said he wouldn't. Is that right? I I
3: grabbed him afterwards. He was kind of walking around just talking to people. And we had been, this was on Thursday, and we had been in there on Monday to meet with him one-on-one. So Mm -hmm. he recognized us. Mm -hmm. And I was just talking to him saying, you really, you should do more town halls open to everybody. Mm -hmm. And that's when he replied with, I'm not going to you know, do an open town hall where people can put it on YouTube and yell at me. Right. Hey. We were talking to him about his opponents using it against, against him.
2: He knows that... It doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. And so he sees his fellow congressmen mm-hmm. um, being, you know, yelled at in these large forums and right. knows that, you know, he's up for re-election very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. And this is, you know, fuel for his opposition.
0: Mm. So we have to hope that the fact that he doesn't works. Against him it's, it's a two-way
3: street. Yeah, it definitely is. You know, right. it definitely works against him because it, it it's perceived as he doesn't want to be exposed. Right. Right.
2: But he claims to be accessible because he is holding these individual meetings and he's holding these faux town halls.
0: Right. What What are some of the other questions that he was asked that that kind of stuck out to you and his answers?
3: There was questions on funding Planned Parenthood, which. You know, he was. He said he was in favor of keeping funding for parent, Planned Parenthood, which the person who asked the question, I wish they had pushed back a little more because he was caught on that secret tape saying that he doesn't care about Planned Parenthood. He just didn't think it should be included in with the ACA repeal and replace okay. because of the optics. Okay. Yeah. And so and and it wasn't addressed, and you know he was able to kind of just say that and move on.
2: And there was another gentleman who questioned him about the environment and, um, you know, Congressman Faso definitely is on the record as saying that he believes in climate change. So, he, you know, he, he had some good answers as far as the environment goes, but this man pushed back because he, he kept going back to one of his main talking points. The things that he keeps hearing from his constituents is that their concerns are jobs and the economy. Mm. um and the 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 man who asked about the environment said Mm. you know you keep saying that people are these are the top concerns he's like not one person here has asked a question about either of those things Mm. and that's when he kind of got a little um felt you could see his posture change
1: i was really hoping that he would get asked about his votes that are really contrary to his position that he's pro-environment because some of his votes reflect the opposite, and yeah. it would be great to hear his position because right now the only place you can access his position on his votes is through his website. It's pretty difficult to get to. One of the votes that really stuck out to us is the vote in favor of you know, repealing the stream protection rule, and his answer on his website is that you know, there's, some, there's already a mechanism in place that protects streams. We don't need this additional layer of protection. And that's, that's really not good enough. And I know some of the people in the audience had that question and weren't weren't called on to ask yeah. it. Well, it's interesting. Uh,
3: yeah, there's two things on that. First is that I'm on the steering committee for the Indivisible Socrates group. And on our website, which is www.indivisiblesaugerties.wordpress.com, there's a link to a website that tracks congressmen and how they're voting. And it even keeps track of how they're voting in line with Trump's agenda. He's about 90% right now in line with uh, Trump. Specifically to that question is that's one of the things I talked to him about when we went to the one-on-one. And he gave me a a very similar kind of a roundabout. It doesn't have anything to do with really dumping into streams. It's more of the 100-foot buffer on either side of the stream and how it impacts the mines' ability to do their work up and down. And our response was, coal is dead. Yeah. Everybody knows coal is dead. It's not coming back. Those jobs aren't coming back. It's automation, and it's natural gas that's killing coal. It's not anything else. So this, you know, that that law doesn't make any sense. He's very slick. Yeah. He just talks around it.
2: He does. But what I found interesting, and I don't know if you kind of pulled this from what he was saying, is basically I think this was one of the first votes that they were voting on during the congressional term. And he admitted to us that he really didn't have a lot of time to investigate the issue. It was kind of brought to the the vote and he kind of didn't have enough time to investigate it and uh, really kind of learn a lot about it. So he kind of took whatever information he had.
1: That's so extraordinary to me because he then should have just abstained from voting or perhaps conducted a constituent survey to see what New York 19 thought about this. There are so many higher educational institutions in the district that have scientists that could have ev- easily provided the information to him, and he just didn't do any of that. Yeah. Having Not having enough time is simply unacceptable.
0: Yeah, that really is unacceptable. So how do you guys... Uh, end up getting a
3: one-on-one meeting with John Faso. Mm. On his website, there's a link, request audience, for lack of a better word. And it took you, what, about three weeks about, from yeah. the time you made the request to get weeks. a response? Yeah. And it was kind of, here's your time slot, can you make it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had to leave work early that day to go do it. was like 4.30 yeah. on Friday?
2: Yeah, I think so. It was 4 o'clock. That no, it was Monday. Yeah, it was a Monday. 4, like 4 o'clock yeah so and how did it go i mean it was very it was it was it was a little nerve-wracking again because neither one of us have ever done something like that before so Mm. we were both a little bit nervous i i knew that we needed to have focus and one to two issues that we were going to be talking about Mm. we did have to provide them with what we wanted to talk to him about so that he could be prepared yeah you know so we decided to talk about the environment and specifically his vote on the stream protection Mm -hmm. ruling and just other you know environmental issues relevant to us here in the 19th congressional district yeah hudson river and
3: pilgrim pipeline did that come up yeah yeah he said he's not in favor of the pipeline um in one of my past lives i was a spill response project manager and worked directly with the railroad got certified in tank car work and Mm you know, I've been to derailments and Hmm. the crude oil transport by rail for us is a big concern because Mm -hmm. it goes right through Saugerties. And if something happened like what happened in Quebec, you know, Saugerties could be gone. They just had a derailment down in Newburgh. Uh, The train derailed right next to the global oil storage facility. There was 20 million gallon gasoline tank right next to where that train went off. If that had been a crude oil car Hmm. and it had gone up, Newburgh would be gone. I mean, it'd just be gone. That whole farm would have blown up. No. It would have been devastating. Mm. So, I mean, for us, that's yeah. a huge issue. And he seemed very receptive to that, very interested in it. They're supposed to be phasing out the old tank cars and bringing in new, better ones. But in my experience, I mean, these trains derail more than we hear about, especially up at the uh, yeah. at the yard. Yeah.
0: And the Pilgrim pipeline, from what I understand, is, is they're bringing oil, um, crude and also... Uh, refined petroleum products from North Dakota across and down through New York State, pretty much along the 87th throughway, right. all the mm-hmm. way down to New Jersey, and then shipping that out to China.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So there, there are no benefits that we can see for, for us locally. Right. Did, did that come up?
3: He he said pretty definitively that he was not for the pipeline. He was not in favor of it. So we didn't really feel like we had to go down that road too much. Yeah. Um you know, the thing about pipelines, again, with my experience is that they always leak. Hmm. And we did a little research going into this. And hmm. since 2010, there's been, I don't have the figures right in front of me, but there's been a lot of pipelines that have leaked. Right. And it's its typically not a couple hundred gallons, it's 1000s and 1000s of gallons. Hmm. So it's a huge concern. Yeah, You know, we don't need that running right along 87. Absolutely. So what were the other questions? That I you, you
0: go to ask? Him.
2: We spoke to him about Trump and our concerns about his administration, and particularly um, the fact that he hasn't released his taxes. When he said he would, it was, you know, it was close to tax day. so he basically said he just you know equivocated and was just elected without having to release them, so sorry.
3: There's That's nothing.: interesting. Yeah. It so was... <laughs> he thinks yeah. he should release them, but it's already done, so, you know, what yeah. can he do? Um. So so they're basically
0: saying that they only care about the people who voted for him, because everyone else would want to see them, right? Which is more than half the country, and there's way more because less than half the country voted. (laughs) That was
2: my rebuttal, which I actually didn't have at the one-on-one because I was very nervous, and it was just us. But a friend of mine actually did ask that question at the town hall, and I was trying to get her to try to rebut him and say, but more than half of the people in the country didn't vote for him to try to rebut him, but she didn't get the opportunity.
3: Okay. Well, for the next time, hopefully. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We were given a a 15-minute block to meet with him also. Mm -hmm. It ended up going about 20, 25 minutes because we got there early and there wasn't anybody in there. Yeah. So we didn't have a lot of time to go back and forth with him. So we kind of went in with the idea that he's just a guy. You know, even though he's a congressman, Mm -hmm. he's just this guy. Mm-hmm. And you know it, it's still it's a little nerve wracking when you're dealing with somebody who has a little bit of power like he does right so
0: and it, that's what he does for a living right mm-hmm. he's pushing, he's so
1: last last question do you think that at this point the goal should be to try to push Faso to the center more? We're reaching that hundred days in office point, or should this momentum in congressional district nineteen be geared toward identifying? his opponent in the 2018
3: what I left him with when we met with him one-on-one was that even though we tend to be fairly progressive and left-leaning we consider ourselves somewhat moderate and that's what we're looking for from him having said that I think there's a lot of things that go on behind the scene especially with freshman congressmen, where he's probably limited in what he's allowed to do in terms of voting he probably gets told what he's supposed to do in terms of voting and that's fine there's not a thing that John Faso is going to say to me that's going to make me believe that he should not be voted out in 2018. You know, we need to quote-unquote flip the house. We yeah. need votes in our favor, and he can be as moderate as he wants to be. He's still a Republican at the end of the day, and he's still going to vote Republican when it comes down to it.
0: Great. It's been wonderful having you here, Spotlight yeah. 19. Thanks so much for coming. Absolutely. Thank you. Please Thank come, you for come back again. Come back yeah. again. Sure. Yeah anyone interested in the indivisible socrates website that's www.indivisible.socrates.wordpress.com that completes our interview with megan and brian thanks again for taking the time out on your sunday to speak with us anyone else interested in coming on the show please reach out on social media justin tracy's That's my Twitter handle. And John Faso, if you'd like to come on the show, we're very happy to have you here too. We will push you on the issues and we'll dig a little deeper and see what you're made of. Until next time, thank you very much for listening to Spotlight 19. And we'll be back soon.